Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulih al-kareem. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi shakirin. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Dear brothers and sisters. Let me, let me introduce this topic by something interesting before I start talking about what is this Islam about the project of Islam and where do we go from here? Today I attended a khutbah at one of the masajid and the khatib main subject was about the salah, that we should do the salah. And uh, towards the end of the khutbah, that's what's the interesting. He says, somebody asked me a question that he was going to get married and he asked him what's the best advice he can give him uh, as a new newlywed uh, person. He said, I told him, make sure you pray and your wife pray. And then your children will be praying and you will be a very happy family. Interesting. I was approached with almost similar question few months ago, I was in a setting and a person was also getting married. So they asked me what advice you will give this person. So the way I thought this is what we call the point of view. How do you approach this? In the Quran, Allah talks about marriage. So it's I found that whatever Allah talks and says, that's where I should start from. So I didn't see that Allah anywhere. He said, get married so that you can pray and get children who pray. But in the ayah, he says that woman ayati and khalaqa lakum min anfusikum azwaja. It's one of the signs, one of the evidences one of the things that point directly to the fact that there is yet a God, Allah, behind this universe. That's what ayat means. Ayat is a sign of evidence. One of these, one of these signs is the fact that Allah created people in couples, not only people. In this ayah, of course, talks about people, but in other places, Allah created almost every species as couples. But in this ayah, he says, we created from you the couples. So the man has his couple, the woman, the woman, her couple is the man. So there will be a life of tranquility, life of tranquility that has love and mercy. So my advice, I told the brother, look, if you really want to make sure that the people see the sign of Allah Azza wa Jal, and out of this sign, recognize and realize that indeed, indeed behind or beyond this world, there is a creator, there is Allah, there is God. You must build this family in the same manner Allah Azza wa Jal described, a family of tranquility that is governed or that has abundance of love and mercy and it's your responsibility to do that and if you fail if you fail in this endeavor that means you are really failing one of the signs of Allah Azza wa now <clears throat> when I hear this khutbah I remember that case in other words for each and everything that Allah Azza wa created or did, or said, or say, uh, or 
designated messengers or send books for people to read, there is yet an objective. There is yet a goal. There is yet a project, as the brothers made the uh, announcement for today's lecture. What is our project? If I came to define it myself, probably I will be defining it from one single perspective or point of view. Maybe from my perspective of how much I, so, I am so obsessed with the prayer. If I pray and all my feelings, all my emotions are so, uh, so high, so good, my mood is absolutely clear, then I would be looking at all these things from this perspective. Or if I was poor and there are many brothers and people who are helping me as a person who is in need through zakat, through sadaqat, then I would be looking at Islam from this perspective. After all, we all have perspectives. After all, we each one of us has a perspective, has a point of view. And this point of view gets accumulated and constructed over time. And after a while, after a certain experience in life, like my experience after 63, 64 years, then my perspective becomes very well focused, designed or defined on one and only one thing. And this perspective may not be the proper one, may not be the perfect, may not be the, the one that I should be looking at events from. So when, when I am approached with this issue, what is my task? What's the task of Islam? Why are we here? Why are, why are we praying? Why are we fasting? Why are we getting together? Why are we talking to each other? Why we are not doing something to enjoy our current moment now? I just left, uh, uh, I came from Jordan a few uh, weeks ago, and today only, only today, all my sons who live in the U.S. gathered in one place where we could have sat, enjoyed our, what, what we call reunion. And it's a big thing in this country. Reunion, wow. If you have a reunion, and then you come over and leave the reunion and come to give a talk, a discussion, there is something else going on here. In other words, there is always something else you could do besides this. But why am I doing this? Why are you doing that? Why am I praying? Why am I fasting? Why am I, am I talking to people? Why am I putting myself in front of tyrants sometimes who could hurt you, who could deprive you from your basic ability to live? A couple of days ago, we were talking with some brothers who came from Russia. And the brother was telling me about how many people are being jailed and they are in prison serving all together. There were about 1,000 people. On the average, each one is taking about five years in jail. So there are total 5,000 years, 5,000 years of deprivation for some brothers. Why? What's going on? Okay. In order to understand that, I have to go back to the one who owns the message, not me. The one who owns the message is Allah Azza wa Jal. The one who designated Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with the message is Allah Azza wa Jal. The one who gave the Quran to Muhammad, peace be upon him, is Allah. The one who gave the Bible to Isa al-Masih before Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is Allah. The one who gave a Torah and a Talmud to Musa was Allah Azza wa Jal. The one who designated Ibrahim السلام, to become a prophet and a messenger for people of the time and to challenge those people who used to worship the idols, it's Allah Azza wa Jal. Then let me ask, I'm not in a position to ask Allah Azza wa Jal now, but I am in a, in a position to ask what Allah Azza wa Jal has said about what he intended out of these messages. In one ayah, he sums it all. The entire Quran talks about everything that Allah Azza wa wants from this wall, from this message. But then sometimes you, you get what's called an abstract. When we write some research papers, there is an abstract. 
And there are conclusions. There are summaries. There are statements that sums it all. And then the rest, you can find the details. In Surah Al-Hadid, Hadid means the iron, the ayah says, لَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُولُنَا بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ So let me tell you what I have done. I have designated messengers with bayinat. Bayinat means things to make things clear. Tools. Tools to clarify things. Because there are all types of confusing things in this world. And you, you know how many confusing things in this world. Finances, money, uh, prices, poverty, uh, richness, uh, productions, death, uh, illnesses. There are millions of questions that quite often they could be confusing. Why, 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 why? So Allah Azza wa Jal says, I gave these messengers tools to clarify things. Number one. And also, I gave them a book. لَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُولَنَا بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ وَأَنْزَلْنَا مَعَهُمْ الْكِتَابِ I revealed a book with them. Hard-coded book. A book of rules. Contract. Something that has well-defined requirements, specifications. When we do projects, not the Islamic project, we do computer projects, engineering projects, at some point, before you start really launching and doing the project, doing the execution, someone, the one who owns the project or who wants the project or whom you are doing the project for, he says, where is the document? I need a requirement document, a specification document, so that when we start building the project, we have to go by these one by one. Have you fulfilled this requirement? Have you achieved this requirement? Uh, have you followed the specification? Are you changing? And if you do any change, you need a change request. You cannot do it on your own because it's not yours. So Allah Azza wa Jal says, I also revealed the book. And not only that, I gave a scale. وَانْزَلْنَا مَعَهُمْ الْكِتَابِ وَالْمِيزَانِ You need a scale sometimes to weigh things. Whether things are on the right uh, balance, you balance it, uh, just like when, again, let me go when you are building a road. And you have, you brought all your cement, all your asphalt, all your uh, materials, and then you do everything. Then at the end of the day, you'll say, hey, see, I built you a road. Someone will say, oh, wait a second, I have a scale. And the scale, I will see whether the road is, uh, the surface is uh, uh, with equilibrium, it's straight, everything is fine, it's not zigzaggy like this. I need a scale. I need, I need a very accurate scale. A very accurate scale so that I can tell whether it was built according to specification or not. So Allah says, look, I made all this due diligence. The due diligence is done. There is a messenger. The messenger has a tool to clarify things. He's able to talk, he is able to explain, he's able to make things clear, and sometimes I get distracted a little bit to, uh, to explain further. Remember what Musa alayhi salam uh, not necessarily argued with Allah azza wa jal, but questioned when he designated him as a prophet to go to Fir'aun, to the Fir'ah, to explain to the Fir'ah that the Fir'ah was tyrant, to put himself in front of the uh, of Fir'aun. And one of the things Musa Ask Allah Azza wa Jalla, he says, could you send with me my brother Harun to go with me in this mission because he has a better way of express, expressing himself. He has the ability to express better than me. So that he can explain more. Because after all, Musa knows that this mission needs very, needs a cleric. And he says, okay, I can, I can be clear, but here is Fir'aun, he's Harun. Could you please send him with me? Then Allah Azza wa said, okay, I give you Harun. Take Harun with you. He's a prophet. He's going to support you. He's going to help you in explaining and making things clear. So this is what I mean. Allah Azza wa says, I have done all of this. Messengers, 
they can explain, they can clarify, they can express themselves, they can make everything clear. Number two, there is a book that shows all that's needed, all that's how people are going to respond to the events, respond to their behavior, respond to their instincts, respond to their needs, respond to the environments around them. I have a book that shows exactly how you should behave. And I have a scale. I give it to you to the prophet so that you can weigh things, you can balance things, you can make sure that everything is according to specification. Why? Here comes the issue. Why? What's, what's for all of this? All of this uh, uh, messengers and the, uh, the issues of sending messengers designated and having wahi malaika coming and doing all the, the task needed to support the, these prophets and messengers. Why? Here comes the objective. Why? To be able to pray, to be able to fast, to build a mosque, to build a school, to feed a child, uh, to fight an enemy, to have peace with an enemy, to integrate people, to discriminate against people. What is it for? Summed up in one word. So that people can live in justice. I'm pretty sure you have seen this ayah before, but sometimes it strikes me when I read it for the thousandth time. All of this, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and Musa and Isa and Ibrahim and Lut and Yaqub and Ishaq and Elias and Yahya and, and, and all of these, all of them, with all of these books, with all of these clarification tools, with all these skills that were with them for the purpose of establishing justice for the people, not for the ones who believe. He didn't say for the believers. So that the people can live in justice. So the real project of Islam, the real mission of Islam, the real objective of Islam in this world, in this world, is to make sure that there is a way of establishing justice. There is a way that the people can live according to fairness in a fair environment, in a fair society, in a fair situation. According to whom? According to Allah Azza wa Jal. Because now who's going to define what is just, what is oppression? Who's going to say that my system provides justice or capitalism does, or democracy does, or nationalism does, or socialism does, or communism does? or tribalism does. Who's going to say that? Who's going to say that the, the, the uh, social contract introduced by Jean-Jacques Rousseau or Voltaire is the one that provides justice? Or maybe the laws provided in the Quran and the Sunnah by Allah Azza wa Jal. Who's going to say that? How am I going to understand and believe that justice can be established through the messengers? One thing, Allah Azza wa Jal, the one who created the world, he says, I have done this to establish justice. From my perspective, as God, the creator of mankind, I created the people, I created the people in a world that I also created, in a world that I have provided the water for them to drink, in a world that I provided the food that they can eat. All of this, I know how to make them live in justice. And to do that, I did this. I sent messengers to explain my way. I sent a book to reveal my specifications, how you could live so that you can live in justice. I also gave a scale to weigh things. And then Allah says, I guarantee that you will be in justice if the task and the mission and the project of these prophets is accomplished. That's what he said. Now, if I believe in Allah as a creator, as a God, and that he's the one who made all of these worlds, not one world, and he has this ob objective that he uh, explained and he gave us in the Quran, 
then I would say, okay, definitely that's the case. That's, that's what I believe. That's my belief. But then if you have someone, and we have an example here, just, I don't, we have a, a, a friend here who's coming. He wants to listen. Now, to him, this is new. There is something not necessarily from his background. What's this brother is talking about? How is it possible that justice for people, whether they are Chinese, Russians, Americans, Africans, blacks, whites, yellows, how could it be possible that justice can be established through this mission? Although it is interesting, I'm pretty sure, it, oh, I always thought that religions are meant to, for people to pray and to practice rituals. But here is a brother sitting here saying, oh, no, no, no. Religions are not meant for people to practice rituals. People are practicing rituals so that they can achieve the objective. You pray so that you are able to deliver what you are supposed to deliver. You fast so you are able to deliver what you are supposed to deliver. But what is it that you are supposed to deliver is to be able to deliver a just system so the people can live in justice. Now, to make the story, to complete it, I go back to my philosophy. One philosophy that I want to start thinking, what does it take, what does it take to make justice in a certain environment? What are the conditions? So I could see whether what Allah is talking about really matches the reality or not. After all, I am a thinking person. I can think and I, I know I know why injustice happens. And if you know how injustice does, happens, then you can tell how justice can be achieved. And I know for sure, in societies, in countries, what happens is that people have their own laws. Just like Allah had sent a book with laws, with the specifications, all types of systems do have laws. Do they have the, the, their books? They have the uh, constitution, they have the founding fathers constitution, they have the amend, amendments to that, first amendment, second, third, all the way to 13, the 13 amendments or maybe more there too. And these are well-defined rules in a book. And they are made and thought about by people supposedly very wise, intelligent, caring, and they want things to happen to their people. But then at the end of the day, I'll say, well, if he's going to make a rule or a law, or he's going to make, or both of you, you are going to sit and try to see what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what's bad, what should be done, what should not be done. As a human, and I am a human, and I know myself as much as I could know, could know many other people, in me, within me, there are two things that impact my opinion or my idea or my thought. Two things. One of them is my ideas, my mind, my brain. And the brain, the brain is a collection of cells, and those cells are in billions, if not in trillions. And they, in these cells, set all types of information, pieces of information. And there are neurons that get emitted based on what the information that sits in, the, in these cells. And this is, has become an axiom. People know that. So one thing that drives my decision is what goes in my brain. And the second thing, is what goes in my instincts and reactions, which is not a thought process. It's called the response to my instincts, to my needs, to my desires. What Allah called it al-hawa. Al-hawa means my likings. There is no way in the world I will be able to put a law or a regulation that I know for sure it can go against my desires or the desire of my family, or the benefit of my tribe, 
or the benefit of my country. Just recently, we heard about the formation of the AUKUS, Australia, United Kingdom, United States Pact, what they call the Defense Pact, supposedly for the, Indo- uh, the, the uh, uh, Indian Pacific Ocean and probably directed towards China. And then when they were asked, why have you done that and did not consult, for example, France? Or you have done that so that you took the submarine contract from France, which was given to, which was given by the Australians. We lost 56 billion dollars or more. What the answer? The answer is we designed this to protect the interest of our nation first and foremost. That's what Biden was saying. And that's what Blinken continued. It's our interest in the the uh, Indo-Pacific Ocean. There is certain interest that we need to protect. And we saw that we need to get an agreement or collaboration with Britain and and Austria because that will guarantee the achievement of our interest. Now, your interest is definitely opposed to the interest of Chinese and to the interest of France. And when he he was asked about, okay, why did you have to take away the, the, the contract from the French? He said, but this is competition. We have to compete vigorously so that we guarantee again the interest of our corporations and our industry and our jobs. And that's a fact. That's how people act. People act when they make their laws and regulations based on what interest is going to achieve. And what is the interest? Could be financial, could be political, could be the dominance. It's an interest currently geared toward my own interest. And not only that, all of this is governed by how much we know, how much we know what about what is our knowledge, current knowledge and the future knowledge, as much as we can go in the future, in the next five to 10 years, to say this is the best that could happen to guarantee our own interest, irrespective of yours, irrespective of his, irrespective of some people who could lose, based on all our, our own knowledge. And in this, there are two major issues. One is that it proves that when, when you do a law, when you do a, a pact, when you do a, a, a new uh, type of uh, regulation, definitely you are biased, you have a bias toward your own interest. This can be at a global scale, this could be at a local scale. All of you have seen quite often what goes on about the gun control in this society, in this country. Why the Congress is unable to pass sound rules, not necessarily the correct, at least sound one, because of the Rifle Association lobby. Rifle Association lobby is one of the biggest, strongest lobbies lobbies in in the country. So before the Congress can make any rule and any law about gun control, they have to look at the interest of the Rifle Association. Why is it not possible yet for the United States to take a decisive rule or, 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 uh, uh, or policy towards Palestine, despite the fact that they have spoken for so many years about what they call state, two-state solution? a Jewish and Palestinian state. I am opposed to both. I'm not with the two-state solution. I'm not even with the one-state solution. I am not with any solution that includes the Palestinian or the Jewish Palestine, period. That's not the issue. But the United States is unable to take a decision on a rule and on and a policy that they believe in, that the deep state believes in, because the Jewish lobby. The APEC, Israeli-American Political Action Committee, is very strong. It's very strong. 
it was strong enough, strong enough to release to release a person who was jailed for a permanent life in prison. The one who was accused of uh, stealing information and selling them to the Russians. Nuclear, uh, space, all types of technologies. What was the name of the person? Even I forgot him. Huh? Jonathan Pollard, yes. And they got Jonathan Pollard and because of the APAC strength and power during the Trump organization, Trump administration, they released a guy from jail who was never supposed to leave the jail. So that's what we mean whenever someone makes a law or a policy or a decision, you will always be impacted by a bias, a certain bias. And that bias can be based because of lack of information, lack of knowledge, or because of self-interest, or because of the interest of a group that I, that I owe something to them. So now, if I look at what Allah Azza wa Jal said, through my system, the system of Allah Azza wa Jal, let me look at the bias. The God who created the people, he created the people, he created the men, he created the women. Sometimes they talk about discrimination against women. Of course, you will have discrimination against women if the man is the one who makes all the laws or the policies or creates the environment. When the environment is created in a manner that a woman, that a woman must, that a woman must portray her best sexual attractions so that she can gain a job or she can be accepted, who made that environment? Who is the one who created the environment so women are obliged or obligated to go beyond their nature, to display the most dear things to them and to their very family? It's the environment that was created. Who created the environment? Definitely it's not the woman. The environment were created by men. Who are the... Now, some people say, oh, this brother is following fashion designers. I don't follow fashion designers. But I know as a fact, the the biggest, most famous fashion designers for women fashion designers in the world are men. So men have biases. If they were without bias, they don't have this bias toward the male chauvinism or uh, uh, women's sexualism then that would be a different story. But the truth of the matter, they do. What type of bias Allah Azza wa Jal has if he is the creator of man and woman? What type of bias may Allah Azza wa Jal have if he is absolutely in no need to anyone? Absolutely in no need. And this is what Allah explicitly says in Surah As-Samad. He is unique, alone, one. No second to him. Ahad means there is no second to him. No second in power. No second in knowledge. No second in ability. No second in dominance. No second in control. No competition. This is not America that has competition from China or Russia or any other uh, country. No competition. He's not only big and strong, but he's the one and only one who can be, be big and strong at that level. And there is no one who can approach them. You have seen all the times the reports, they say, oh, United States today, it's about $29 trillion worth. China is close. It's getting closer. It's about 23, 24. Wow. The gap is getting closer and closer and closer. Allah Azza wa Jal, the gap between him and all his creation is infinite. It's infinite. It's not only big, it's infinite, which means no matter how much power you can gain, you will never reach him. Ahad. Samad. Samad is self-sufficient and no need of whatever. Not only that he's unique, but in his uniqueness, in his uniqueness, he is absolutely in no need of anything else. No one is equivalent to him. So all of the reasons why someone would be biased 
What's, why would someone be limited or controlled or confined or dominated by something else? All of these are non-existent. They are non-existent. So the reasons, the causes of someone being biased, and this bias will be reflected in the laws and the regulations, and therefore they will impact the justice or the injustice, they are non-existent with Allah. And the knowledge, sometimes, let me give this example when people who are in the medical field, especially with pharmaceutical, so, oh, for the FDA to, to approve a medicine, they have to be absolutely sure that it is good for the humans. How could you be sure? Oh, we need to test it. How long do you test it? 20 years. 20 years, if we test it for 20 years or 15, let's say, let me give the maximum. 20 years for some medication. Oh, mashallah, this is good enough. For 20 years of work, of application of this medication, we know that this is good. We know even the side effects. So there are side effects. There are bad things, but we know them at least. Okay, what about after 20 years, 21st year? There is a limitation in knowledge. I appreciate you that you are doing it for 20 years, but what if I live more than 20 years? What happens? And we have seen some medications that they, they were taken out of the market because the impact that goes beyond the 20 years were so disastrous. They took them away. Many of them likely uh, issues that have to do with the pregnancy pills. They found that after so many years, women can uh, get certain types of cancer related to some of the, uh, uh, what you call the birth, birth control pills. Now, how do I know that? Just knowledge because I have a family. And that's what we were told. Who is the one whose knowledge goes beyond the life of a person? to the end of the life of any. Anyone other than Allah Azza wa Jal? None. Allah's knowledge is absolutely unlimited because he is unlimited. Because time does not bind Allah Azza wa Jal. One of the reasons that our knowledge is limited or, or cannot be infinite because we are time limited. We run by time. Time is part of our dimension. Space is part of our dimension. Because I could know as much as my horizons in the space can take me. But beyond, there is always beyond my horizon, there is yet one more space. Even if I cover the entire universe, with all artificial intelligence, with all robots, with all machine learning. Oh, now I know the space. I covered all of the space. The universe, all of it is covered under my knowledge. I am no longer ignorant. But here Allah Azza wa talks in one ayah. He brought it for one reason or two, or it could be for many reasons. He says about building the heavens. Is this the ayah how it says? We have built this universe. Sama is the universe. Anything above us. That's that's called the Sama. So it's everything is beyond us. Space wise. Allah says, but Remember, I can extend extend that. No matter how much knowledge you have about this, I can do beyond that. So don't count on your knowledge in space. And of course, today, even the small earth we have, we try to explore the, the universe, but we have not finished exploring the inside the earth, where the real production of the real magnetic field of the entire earth is taking place where the heat that goes there and how 
it comes all the way to the surface in different uh, uh, distribution uh, on the surface of the earth. We still don't know that. We still don't know beneath us maybe more than 100 meters, except in places where we made explorations. explorations. So the knowledge of people is limited by space and limited by time. We are species that live with dimensions, two of the major dimensions we live in are time and space. Time and space do not are not part of the dimensions of Allah Azza wa Allah does not live by the time and by the space. Allah is beyond the space, beyond the time. And therefore his knowledge, his knowledge is beyond space and time. So the two components, the two components that allow people or make people produce laws and regulations uh, and rules that do not deliver the justice or they can be unjust to one or another is the lack of absolute knowledge and the existence of the bias. And both are absent from Allah Azza wa So the task summing this up when Allah Azza wa says, I have designated and sent all the messengers and I gave you the book of rules and I gave you a scale to weigh things and to balance things so that people can live in justice. It's a fact. It's a fact. Meaning now, what is the objective of us? What is the main goal? By believing in Islam. My goal in believing in Islam is to accomplish the, the, the goal that Allah Azza wa Jal embedded within this system. That's number one. Number two, does the people really today need justice? Are they looking for that? Come on. What were the riots in D.C. during the last days of Trump about? What is this discrimination issue, black, white? What is it, the issue with, uh, what's his name, John Floyd? Someone stepping on his neck for 11 minutes or 9 minutes until he dies. The whole world was watching. What is this? What is this issue that's happening in Libya or in Syria or in Iraq? What is the 20 years in Afghanistan? What were they? To build democracy? To help the state? To make Afghanistan better than it was under the Soviet Union occupation? What was it for? 20 years? Leave alone how many casualties were in Afghanistan and millions. Here for, for the people of the United States, for 2,500 people or more lost their lives. For what? Why? They left children behind them. They left families. They left wives. They left uh, their life. They lost their life. Why? And then they brag. We lost almost $3 trillion. Man, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. Why? $3 trillion could have made each and every one in America live in prosperity. Prosperity. Not in despair. Not just looking for unemployment. few dollars here and there. It could have made the world million times better than it is now. What for? Where is the, where is the justice there? Everybody knows it's unjust. They say, oh, it was a mistake. Oh, it was something we had to do. But we were never able to achieve whatever we wanted. Or we achieved a certain goal. They, they make some goals that we achieve. But at the end of the day, at the end of the you left a country devastated. 80% of the people in Afghanistan below poverty line. The road infrastructure is anything but existing. Anything. You, you can imagine anything about the roads. Highways, forget about the word highways, doesn't even exist. You are talking about simple roads, all destroyed. Water resources, if not polluted, then they were destroyed. Talk about Iraq, talk about Syria. 
Talk about Kashmir, talk about Myanmar, talk about Rohingya, talk about wherever you want. There is no single person, not a single person who has a brain in his head, in his head who could claim that this world has justice. The largest corporations, the largest organizations of the world, which are internationally recognized, United Nations. The other day, the, the, the uh, 76th anniversary of the United Nations. One after another, president after president, king after king, the security, the secretary general of the United Nations, talking about how miserable the world is. How miserable the world is. How many refugees in this world? How many people are dying out of hunger? How many problems exist? How many polluted water exists? How much disease is there? How much lack of medicine is there in the world? Each and every one of them counted tens of cases of real issues about injustice. So what the project of Islam is not out of this world. Because sometimes you say, brother, what is it that you are talking about? Let's talk prayer. Very, very, very simple. Let's pray our five times. Let's talk about our purification of the self. Let's talk, let's talk about the very innocent moralities and values of us. Let's bring them out. That's the best. Brothers, that's not the objective of Islam. That's, all of these are tools. All of these are things that help you in your project, just like, just like the gas you put in the car is not what the make, makes the car move. What makes the car move, there is an engine. And the gas is a tool, is a necessity for the engine to run. It's not the wheels. It's not the body. It's not the horn. There is an engine that has to run and to make everything work. There is an engine for Islam. This engine, you need your prayers, you need your morals, you need your values, you need your zakah, you need your fasting, you need your uh, nice smile to, you, to the brothers, you need your brotherhood, you need all of these so that you can accomplish a task. These are not the sole objective. In fact, let me make this very clear. When, Allah, when the Prophet وسلم, talked about these big rituals, he said, these are the arkan of Islam, the pillars. These are the pillars. Islam is constructed upon five things. Islam is constructed upon, what is Islam? It's constructed upon pillars. The pillars, that's a salah. There is one more pillar, that's a zakah. That's a psalm, that's hajj. I have five pillars here in the building. I need pillars in the building, but what's the building? What is the structure? It's the ceiling, it's the walls, it's the windows, it's the doors, it's the furniture. So all of this that makes it a living place. It's a place where you live in with comfort, with ease, which allows you to function and use all your functions, that's the home, that's the house. You don't live in a place with pillars. You don't hire this brother, say, come and build me a house, and he comes the, 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 the second day, he puts some pillars there, says, oh, you know, your house needs four pillars, I give you six of them. There are six pillars there. And you know what, I give you a foundation. Here, pay me money. Say, are you crazy? Pay you money for what? I need a house to live in. I can't live in places where there are five pillars and, and a foundation or four pillars like Islam and the foundation. That's not what Islam is about. Islam is the house. Islam is the structure. Islam is the building. And these things are the pillars. Without them, you cannot have a building. True. Without the pillar, you cannot have walls or ceilings. True. But if you have them alone, that's not a livable place. So the livable place for Islam is a society or societies that 
can live in justice. The pillars for these, you name them. In fact, many fuqaha, they said there are many pillars, but these are the main ones. Morals are part of the pillars. Values are part of the pillars. The uh, uh, being uh, shyness or al-haya uh, is part of the pillar. All of these part of the pillars, but they are minor pillars. But the house is where you have a place where the rules and the regulations and the laws govern the behavior of the people so that no one is going to step over my neck or my my life so that he can eat my food. No one is going to deprive me or evict me out of my home so he remains a tyrant in Syria. No one is going to put me down and deprive me of the tools that allow me to work so that I remain living under a few bucks here and there called unemployment or called aid or called uh, food stamps so that he becomes rich. How many times you have heard during this pandemic in the last 20 years? Most of the people got poorer, but few of us became trillionaires. The word trillionaire, someone who achieved the trillion dollar line happened during the pandemic of the people where people were getting poor or getting crushed. The wealth of the wealthiest increased. And the poverty of the middle class went down, which means people become, became poorer. That's not a society where people need to live. And that's what Islam came to change. Islam came to tell the people, yet there is one more way to live. Yet there is one more way to live in justice. Yet there is one more way to achieve justice. And each and every other way does not lead to the just world. Each and every other way is injustice. Each and every other way serves the interest of tyrants. Each and every other way serves the interest of the big ones who have billions or trillions of dollars and lots of power. The one and only one way that can let the people go to justice is to follow the path that Allah Azza wa revealed. And this path is the messengers, the book, and the scale. And today, Islam, with the message of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, with the Quran being the last revelation of the books that Allah Azza wa revealed, that contained them all, and the scales that was, were given to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam in a form of a sunnah of the prophet, this is the one and only one for the people to live in justice. And this is why Muslims have to understand that. And this is what Muslims should work for. And that's what this Muslim ummah is obligated to do. Otherwise, if we miss this, we are missing the whole ball game. We are not even in the field. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.